What's up, everyone? This is Philly Pat, back on another episode of the Philly Pat Project. And as always, we'd like to thank our listeners. Um, Without you guys, this is impossible. We really appreciate you guys. Um, And to the future listeners, um, we look forward to having you on the community here we're building and continue to build at the Philly Pat Project. Um, I'm excited for tonight's episode. because I think we're talking about something that's important to talk about, but we're talking about it in our own way and in a way that might be different. Um, but we're going to be talking about mental health tonight. And I'm excited because, you know, um, mental health is kind of the most important thing, um, I think, in anything, uh, in any way you want to look at it. Um, but I think it's interesting that, like, on a day-to-day basis, I probably don't pay attention to like, you know, the things that I do to, to cope with mental health. I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm, I'm making sure I'm okay or, or doing all that. But I am at the same time, you know, um, taking care of my mental health um, and the things that I do, you know, um, really, really, you know, help me deal with everyday life. Um And Brooke was going to talk about, you know, um, especially, you know, being a psychology is her is her field and her study, Um, just like how she approaches it and like what things she does, you know, and and I think, you know, it's a conversation that is important to talk about. um, And I'm excited. Um, So with that being said, we're going to get right into this. So mental health like why is it important to you or what makes it so important um and and how do you want to kind of start the episode I mean mental health is really the most important thing for me um you know I've been surrounded by mental health illnesses my entire life um and I see what happens when you don't take care of your mental health and I see what happens when you do. So it's very important to take, you know, make sure that it's a top priority. Sure. Um, you know, it affects how you react to the world around you. Um, or don't react to the world around you. You know, it's, it, 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 it really, um, I mean, it can be, and you know, for me, I didn't learn a lot of healthy coping skills grow, growing up, and I didn't understand what mental health was or why it was so important. So I think it's, you know, essential that people learn about what it means and, you know, understand why they react to things the way they do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a pretty good insight and... um you know, uh, I couldn't agree more, you know, um, like I said, you know, um, on a day-to-day basis, I'm always looking for the most positive way to deal with mental health because, you know, having it, you know, um, and then growing up around it. And, and like you said, seeing how life can be positive when you're taking care of your of your mental health and, and your body and all that. Um, cause I also find that, 
you know, if you're not taking care of your physical health, it affects your mental health too. So there's like interesting ways to... Or vice versa. Right. Or, you know, and, and break that down. Um, but I, I don't know if... I found healthy ways to deal with stress, which is the biggest issue that I deal with. Stress, anxiety, um, post-traumatic stress. But I think it's like... I also, at the same time, learned all the bad with the good. Um, You know, like growing up, right? Like, you know, I grew up in, you know, Philadelphia and grew up in a very rough neighborhood. And, uh, you know, my home life was, you know, it had good moments. It it was a normal, you know, normal as as it could be. Um, We we had, you know, fast forward, you know, 30 years later... um, the problems that we had back then are kind of like the issues that are happening now in the world. Um, so we weren't dealing with anything, I guess, you know, too crazy. Um, but the ways that I did cope with it, like the first great coping mechanism, and it's why, you know, it's so important to me. And we talked about this, you know, on an episode, but like skateboarding was like my outlet for everything. Um, it was great for physical health, obviously tackling that area of it. Also at the same time, it was freedom. It was free. There was freedom in it. There was creativity, um, especially when it came to the video, you know, the video aspects to skateboarding, like filming, filming stuff and, um, you know, the friendships that I've built, the friendships I still have. And then, you know, um, I was just thinking about this earlier this week um, with one of my classes. I, I did my final project on skateboarding and a lot of my school projects and my creative designs and my passion for creativity stem from skateboarding. Um, and I was lucky enough that, you know, I think I was like 14, 15 when Whitehall, you know what I mean? Being a part of like seeing that grow and build and being a part of that process as one of the original Whitehall skate park kids. Shout out to all the uh, fellow Whitehall skateboarders uh, still skating, um, you know, but that was like a really, really important experience in my life that was really awesome. And then, of course, I was a teenager who found, you know, what teenagers do, you know, like you know, you go drink or whatever. And little did I know, you know, that recovery would be a part of my life later. And and that was going to be one of the the bad aspects to, to coping with things. Um, cause like we talked about, uh, when we were talking about talk to me, you know, it's like interesting that like something that seems so fun and so cool and, you know, um, is, is, is so appealing can have negative effects. Um, you know, so it was like growing up, I had a little bit of both. Um, lucky today that, you know, being in recovery is awesome. Um, and it's changed my life, but at the same time, you know, I still skate as much as I, you know, can. My body's getting older, so I probably don't do it as frequently as I would like. And also being a parent and balancing my everyday life and work and all those things but skateboarding is a huge outlet for me um so you know uh i'm interested in 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 learning about what you do to cope like maybe not just the coping skills because i know you want to talk about that because that's something that's like super important to you and and you, you know you're passionate about that and 
probably taught me a lot of things. But um, is there anything like like what skateboarding is for me? Is there like certain things, you know, um, that help you that you can go to? Um, I guess I don't have anything physical, like a physical activity that I do. I mean, walking definitely used to be a huge coping skill of mine, but I haven't really done that a lot recently. Um, I guess, you know, like nature in general, I used to hike a lot. Um, I don't really do that so much anymore, but it's definitely something I would like to get back into. I mean, it's too cold for that now, um, but... When it gets warmer out, I would like to start doing that again. Um, other and reading, I mean, since I, since we've had the baby, I haven't really read as much as I used to do. But that was a huge, um, healthy coping skill that I did was read. Um, you know, I got into that. I got back into reading in my twenties, and it was it was just a you know a, a, a nice activity that I had that would relax me. Um, but that was kind of my go-to was reading, um, yeah. or, you know, movies. I'm really big into movies or TV shows. Um, yeah. but you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have healthy coping skills. So like a lot of the time, like my first, um, unhealthy habit was eating. I would overeat when I was like upset. Like that's what, that's what would make me feel better was eating. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it turned into, you know, drugs. Um, but it was really, it was really, um, I didn't really learn any healthy coping skills until I was an adult. And like, I, you know, I really had to force myself to learn new things. Um, and, you know, now I'm in recovery and that, a lot of that is, you know, has to do with my mental health too. I do a lot of things in my recovery to better my mental health. Um, I also, you know, I was recently seeing a therapist again, um, need to get back into that. But, you know, once I see my, I can notice once my mental health starts to deteriorate and I, you know, do something about it, um, maybe not immediately, but, you know, before it gets too bad, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, those are all, they're all great, you know, and I was happy this year we got to do a little bit more in nature, you know, maybe not up to to 100% liking and everything like that, you know, kids and stuff like that. But it was nice, um, especially because, you know, I, one of the, one of the things that I had to do to survive that, like, there was nothing I can do about it, I had to make those sacrifices, but working nights took so much out of me. I did it for so many, so many years. Um, but just being back on days has, has been great. I'm getting up a little earlier now than, than I used to for, for days. Um, but the last, you, you know, I'd say the last, uh, couple months, you know, being back on days, man, has been, has been great. Um, cause we did, we did get to do a little bit more. Um, I personally enjoy like going to lakes and stuff like that. I love the water, you know, um, want to get back to beaches, man. But that was also like a happy place too, man, being at the beach, um, growing up by the Jersey shore, you know, um, was just fun to go down there and just be free and swim. And, you know, there, there was always a comfort in that. And 
you know, I agree too, you know, and I wanted to kind of elaborate on that because, like, it's it's funny that, like, we love horror so much here, you know, at the Philly Pat Project. And I think a lot of it has to do with the comforts of horror movies, you know, um, which I have read is, is pretty interesting that um, a lot of people find, like, crime shows or uh, serial killer shows or, you know, slashers being my favorite horror subgenre. You know, um, a lot of people find comfort in that. And I think it has a lot to do with the slashers that we particularly enjoy, like Scream, uh, Thanksgiving that we just talked about and watched. Um, you know, like those types of slashers, man, like you kind of get into the movie a little bit. Like it's a little little bit of an escape in the moment where you get to like relate to the characters and forget about what's going on and focus on something that, you know, brings joy and, and, and happiness to you, you know, as as horror fans. So... You know, I always I always enjoyed movies, you know, and I, I learned that really young because of my grandfather. That was one really good coping skill he taught me. Maybe not showing me the movies as young as he did, but um, it's something that, you know, um, was comforting. We got to watch movies together, and I see now I do that with my son, you know, um, which, you know is really enjoyable because it's something positive that he looks forward to, you know, and within reason, obviously we, we know what to filter out and, you know, have a pretty good judgment on what to let him watch. But, you know, I kind of get a little bit of like a therapeutic reminder of those happy moments with my grandfather, but also I'm being a dad, you know, and doing something that, um, we both enjoy doing. And that's definitely, you know, the best of both worlds. Um, yeah. So why would it, like, why do you find mental health important? I think, you know, like, like it's already been said, you know, like I've lived a destructive life. Like I lived a really, like, you know, being, being stressed is like probably the biggest trigger and it has a lot to do with anxiety that I have, post-traumatic stress from environmental factors and so forth you know, um, violence was like the easiest coping skill that I learned, you know, um, I learned a healthy coping skill in boxing, but I took that after I stopped boxing, you know, um, stopped going to the gym to box and everything and took it to the streets, um, where I just kind of got myself in a lot of trouble and put myself in a lot of really dangerous situations, um, you know, to prove a point that never needed to be proven. So it's like, you know, um, I feel as though, you know, looking back on how I was then um, and how I am now with the coping skills that I, I have today with having recovery, you know, being back in therapy myself, I think that I see how much more positive my life is. And I think, you know, you could probably comment, like I was still dealing with, with some, some anger when we first started dating, you know, um, where I was like having trouble dealing with stress and, you know, um, I was just kind of getting my, my, my life together, you know, um, and that's hard. And violence is so easy for me. Um, to unlearn that is hard, but once you can do it, and once I have done it, I found the positive effects. And that, to me, is good for my mental health because I scare myself the most. 
you know, when it comes to how angry I was and how I am now, and I'm a much more positive person. So being as though that has to do with how I cope with mental health and what I do to make myself feel better um, in comparison, that's it's one of the biggest reasons why it's important to me. Um, I also think because of like just how I seen friends of mine and I've lost people um, to mental illness, you know, um, and I don't want that for myself. So I put it at a utmost important priority. Um, but again, like I said, it, it's not something that I, you know, th- I enjoy being able to talk about it now, you know, but it's not something that I, I subcon- like subconsciously I'm thinking about it, but I don't like, it's not at the forefront of my mind. I've just gotten into such a healthier routine that it's just everyday life. But it is me tackling that um, and putting my mental health at utmost importance. Plus, like you said, you know, um, the things I do in my recovery and how I help others and, you know, um, being able to just like vent and, and talk with people who relate to the issues that I'm going through is super important because I think one of the things with mental health, at least with the type of anxieties and stresses that I have, you could feel really alone in a room full of people. But it's really awesome when you can feel a part of a room full of people. Well, do you find that it's more difficult as a man to talk about mental health? I don't know. Um, I mean, statistically, yes. Statistically, yes. Um, Especially depending on the type of mental health you're talking about, you know. Um, For me and a lot of people like me, you know, um, that I know, it is hard. And I don't, and I think it's just because of like the generation in which I grew up in, you know, like I was, you know, I'm in my, my, my going in my, into my mid thirties and, you know, um, I still grew up in that generation where like men don't talk about anything. We don't talk about our problems. We just deal with our problems and keep it moving. And you're never actually dealing with your problems. Um, until you blow up and for the men in my family it was through violence um so you know i i think yes has that but a- has that affected the way that you have interacted with other men like or talked about stuff that is bothering you well you know um that's why it's so it's so hard to like accurately like say like i said for me it was hard, and I think that for a lot of men, it's hard. I think more so, though, this, you know, because I've been in and out of recovery uh, throughout my, like, 20s, and now, hopefully, you know, this being the last time I have to be in recovery and I could just stay, you know, and I think I'm on a really good track of that on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think it's like, you know, when you have that desperation and, like, you get to that rock-bottom point, which... Mental health was a huge part of of what brought me into getting back into recovery, Um, you know, and and it's why I put that as the utmost important thing in my life to make everything else possible. You know, I feel as though, like, it wasn't hard. It was just hard finding the right person to talk to. But once I have been able to do that, and I got really lucky in the beginning and you know, after, 
after that first mentor, you know, it took a little, little navigating. Um, but I have found the person that I feel comfortable with talking to. And I think it's because of the common relations, you know, and, and similarities that we have. Um, I don't think I could just talk to any person about what's going on with me. But, you know, um, for the people like you um, and, you know, uh, my mentor and, and so forth and so on, those people I can open up to and talk about anything, you know. Um, and there's only about four people I do that with, four or five people. You know, you, my mother, you know, my Ryan, you know, um, my mentor and our good friend, uh, the Philly Fat Pat Project, Josh, who... You know, um, who will be back later this season, as mentioned before. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, outside of that, it's really hard to open up with people, man, because you don't know where that information is going to go and you don't know people's intentions. Um, it takes time to really navigate that. Would you say it's easier as a woman? Or do you think it's in the same world where... It's different, even if statistically it's easier for women to open up, maybe? I think that it's more common for females to discuss things like mental health. Um, Women, well, I don't know if this is like uh, an accurate thing to say or I don't want to be offensive to, to people and think that like I'm lumping like women into like this category but like with my experience women tend to you know feel more comfortable around other women and we just you know are more talkative um in general so for me though like as a female like I don't really mind opening up about anything um because I have accepted all of of what I've been through. So it's just really simple. It's really easy for me to just tell people anything about myself and not care if they're going to go run with it and tell anybody else. Yeah. Because, like, I've accepted it all. So sure. if you want to throw that in my face, then, like, the joke's on you because I could give a fuck less kind of a thing. No, I, I feel the same way. You know, I think what I'm just pointing out or giving a little clarity is just, like, you know... Until you get to that place of acceptance, because I don't think anyone, when they're coping with their mental health in the beginning, or, you know, if you're in recovery, I don't think that you in the beginning just have a complete acceptance. So it's hard because you want to be able to trust someone um, to talk to, to to, to kind of share their experience and, you know, knowledge with you and kind of guide you through what you're going through. I think you're accurate in saying that once you've found that place of acceptance, which you know, you have, I have, I don't care what you say about me or I don't have nothing to prove to you. Um, so it's kind of like do what you will, but also I've gotten better with, like I said, there's like four or five people that I'll get deep with and other people I'll talk to, but I might just not give them everything that's going on because, you know, I want to still have that safe space and comfortability, but maybe it's different because I'm a guy. You know, and I I make sure that I, you know, have that. Yeah, I think, um, well, I don't know what kind of what you were going back to, too. Like, as being a man, like, you are supposed to hold your emotions in. 
um, maybe that you don't want to, it's like you're not opening up to certain people because you also don't want them to look at you a certain way. Because maybe, of, maybe. I mean, subconsciously, probably. I don't think it's my first thought, but I think, you know, once I kind of navigate an issue, like, and can break down what may have been going on, I found myself at times feeling that way, or that may have been the case, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I, obviously, when I was first coming into the, you know, recovery or like trying to get my mental health back in order, um, you know, I wasn't telling everyone everything or, you know, accepting of all of the things in my past. But, you know, there's, I worked a lot in my um, early recovery on radical acceptance, which is a DBT skill, which I'm big on, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, And radical acceptance, you know, I had, there were so many things that I had to accept in my life and radical acceptance, you know, Acceptance acceptance doesn't mean that you're okay with what happened or what you did or any of those things. It just means that you're willing to um, accept that it happened yeah. and face the reality and not fight reality. Sure. Um, and that's huge for that was huge for me. It's still huge for me, but you know, fighting reality doesn't change reality. So, you know, just pretending that something didn't happen is just prolonging the suffering. I couldn't agree more. It actually made me think of something because you, you kind of pointed out something that you're big in. So do you think... Now, I'm big into uh, emotional irregularity therapy, like working on identifying your emotions. Well, it's process- part of DBT. No, it is. It is. But it, like, like, it's just a different focus area. So, you know, do you think it's important for people to discover and and look into, you know, what works for them? Because I think for me, the emotional regularity therapy where I can focus on my emotions, identifying them so I can identify the problems and and come up with a a healthy solution, which might be I need to skate, you know, uh, setting my routine like I need to skate or watch, watch, watch a movie even and. There's plenty of movies I watch on replay, um, especially Scream, right? You know, so it's like those are things that I know will put me back. Like I can get myself centered and get back to reality. Do you think that that type of DBT skill set is what works for you? Or do you think that it doesn't matter? Like, do you think that there's an importance of figuring out that particular skill? Well, yeah, for sure. That was another one I worked on. Um, So, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I'm very open with my stuff. So I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder when I was 19 and DBT was created specifically for this uh, personality disorder. So um, a big you know, a big factor in borderline is emotional dysregulation. Hey, baby K1. And so, um, you know, they have diary cards for, like, your your emotions, like, where you reflect on, like, you know, I'm feeling this way, and I reacted this way, and this Mm -hmm. is, you know, so it's identifying the emotion and... 
you know, how you, how you react to it, um, what you were feeling, like even physically, like, were you like, were your fists clenched, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like you can, you know, reflect on it and change the, maybe change, um, a pattern or, you know, work on varying various things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good, uh, approach, um, and thought process to it. I mean, that's exactly what it is and that's why I enjoy it so much because, you know, having post-traumatic stress and trauma being a big part of, of what I deal with or, you know, what I'm working through, it's like that type of therapy, um, for me, allows me to identify what the core issues of my uh, problems might be. And they are, you know, um, anger, sad, whatever. Um, I think that that really makes it um, easy to identify so I can work through the solution. And, you know, like I said, you know, skateboarding for me has been the biggest thing that uh has helped guide me through uh what I've been working through um creative art I think it's why I love design so much and just working on that creative approach and pattern um graphic novels you know what I mean have been a big big thing for me when you talk about reading like you know I love graphic novels and and it has a lot to do with the colors and like that makes me feel happy or like seeing the design and being inspired to say, well, you know, I want to create something that's as appealing as this. And it gives me a challenge. And I think a lot of like why I love the therapy so much is it like challenges you. It allows me to say, like I said, you know, anger, being sad, sadness, um, the frustration. And then like, what is it that's frustrating me? Because I'm, a, you know, big into solution. Like I want to know what the solution is going to be. Um and I'll work through whatever I have to work through to find that solution. Because then I think the most rewarding part of it is that once I do find that solution, then I have experience that has been helpful to the people around me. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very it's very important to be able to identify your emotions. Um, that's where learning comes from and that's where unlearning comes from. And, you know, the whole, for me, the whole point of therapy was to improve my life and to improve the way I react to certain things and learn coping skills that wouldn't, you know, destroy my life because that's all my coping skills were were, you know destructive yeah yeah baby Kalen has joined us he is a tired little bear but I also you know speaking of the little guy here man I think having kids you know I mean when we started dating I had Nathan and Patrick but you know uh, we have a you know little baby Kaylin together, and you've been in Nathan's life for for many years, and you've been in Patrick's life for the last couple you know as he's been visiting. So I mean, it's like I think kids are like 
the most rewarding thing to like finding joy. And I think also that they're the motivation to, to work on yourself. You know, I think it's like, it gives a little bit of purpose to why you're doing it. Because I think at times, you know, we all have bad days and sometimes it's hard to be like, why am I, why am I trying to like be different? You know, like I could easily go back to punching someone in the face rather than like stop and, you know, uh, think before I react, you know, um, but you know, having kids has changed my life because I want them to have the best life possible. I want them to know what healthy coping skills are because I didn't have any myself growing up. And I think that that's like being a parent, you know what I mean? Is a blessing in that it allows you to work through things and, and get the to the positive side of, of, of things. And I think that, I think that it was like probably the biggest inspiration for why, you know, I've made a great change in my life and, you know, have done the things I've done over the last couple of years, you know? I mean, yeah, having kids has definitely changed my perspective on, I mean, I, I, mental health was always important, but it's even more so important especially for me because my mother had such poor mental health, you know, like she did not take care of her mental health and that greatly affected me. Yeah. It greatly affected how I turned out. It greatly affected, you know, my grades in school, you know, things that like she probably didn't realize she was affecting. She affected them, mm. you know? And, you know, as a kid, it's, I I couldn't I didn't know that's that's what was going on you know I right. just you know so for me mental I have to take care of my mental health in order to be a good mother absolutely absolutely um wow this has been a it's been a good conversation um so we kind of like have talked about like what areas of like like what type of therapy we t- approach we take to our individual needs and, you know, kind of talked about like the importance and, and a little bit, but, you know, one of the things just to, just to kind of like give some ideas, um, kind of conclude everything and, and what would you say are like the five things that you either do now I mean, you've talked about like walking in nature and stuff, but like in your day-to-day life now, what are five things that you find yourself doing that have helped you and like you look forward to doing like to to cope with maybe a bad day or whatnot? Five things? Yeah, just five things you'd like to do. Um, gratitude list. Um, you know, reminding myself how far I've come. Um, you know, daily meditations, um... What does that look like for you? Well, that's my, you know, my recovery. No, I know, but, like, like, what is is daily meditation for you? Because I'll talk about it after you're done, but there's different meditations or ways that you meditate and be interested to hear. Um, you know, just even taking like a minute or two in my car by myself before coming into the house. 
just like, you know, reflecting and reminding myself that everything's going to be okay. Um, These cats, don't. You know, also like animals, simple things like, yeah, petting the cat. That's something I do for self care. Um, hugging Kaylin, hugging you, hugging Nathan, you know, doing something nice for somebody else. That's always like, that always get, makes me feel better too. Nice. Um, my five are completely different. Um, well, not not exactly, but 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 how I look at it, I guess. So, for me, my daily meditation consists of playing bass. You know, um, is listening to music on the way to work, um, especially because I have a thirty minute drive. Music is definitely a big part yeah. of it too. I I I don't know why I haven't talked about it. Probably just because it's so obvious that I just don't even think about it. So so ingrained in the routine. Um, yeah, listening to music, like I have 30-minute drives to work and, and and back. So like being able to listen to different music and, you know, um, especially playing bass, like, you know, finding new bassists and, that inspire me. Um, that's that's huge. Um, graphic novels and, and horror books, um, specifically the books I've been reading with, with John Wayne. Um, those are really fascinating tales and... You know, um, that's the type of reading that, that, that really gets me going. Um, doing the podcast is definitely in its own form, of, a form of healthy meditation, healthy expression. Um, I, th- You know, we have a lot of fun on the podcast. So I think that being able to have these types of conversations and talking about things that I'm passionate about. Um, probably a good and bad coping skill is watching sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, cause like sometimes it gets, you know, I'm a Philly sports fan. So I think sometimes it gets like real critical and real, real rough. Um, but you know, that's just the Philly sport way. Um, horror movies, horror movies. Um, and not just slashers, even though like I love slashers and, and I'm always looking for a new slasher. Um, but any type of, of horror, um, Especially, I think, psychological, you know what I mean? Especially dating you, like, I'm more into it now because um, I have a different outlook on it, you know, and a different different view. Um, but those are all big. And then the one thing we've been able to do a lot this year, despite thinking that we wouldn't be able to, is, like, going to shows, man. There's so much fun. So much fun. Um I had a lot of fun at the the Comeback Kids Stick to Your Gun show out in Greensboro with Josh. Um, But, you know, this is hardcore. It was a great experience. Um, The Bouncing Souls twice this year. Um, Or maybe it was the end of last year. I don't know. It wasn't wasn't this year. No? Well, we're seeing them in like a week, but... No, it wasn't because I was pregnant. Was it like... Was it this year? No, it was no, it was last year because you were pregnant. Because I remember being in the yeah. we were in the middle by the pit, and I was like holding your stomach to make sure everything was okay. Because you know, um, wanted to see this little guy come out, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, so okay. Well, within the last year, uh, we've seen the bouncing souls twice. So I mean, and and you know, what I mean, I think it's too like, kind of like. 
for skateboarding, you know, the community that I have, um, when I, when I find a bunch of fellow skaters and can have a great skate day, you have that at shows, you know I mean? The different people you get to meet, um, seeing people come together in a, in a happy way, even when, you know, shit gets wild in the pit, you know, like it's, it's all in good fun generally. Um, and just, you know, I mean, listening to your favorite music that, you know, um, for us, being punk and hardcore is what we we love so much and is so dear to us. Um, being a part of that live is it's a beautiful experience. And it's great to cope. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I probably covered everything that I could think of, you know, when it comes to it. Um, but I thought it'd be cool, you know what I mean? I know this, this season we wanted to... Uh, talk about um, some different topics and open up some different types of conversations. And this conversation was, you know, really fun. Um, Do you have any last minute things that that you want to throw in there? Does it come to mind? I would would say um, shows definitely used to be a big thing for my mental health. But, you know, I'm older. I have to work. I... You know, I'm a parent, so it's it's hard for me to you're you're a little more find reserved is what time you're to go to shows. I mean, and we live in Asheville. When I was in Philly, I could go to shows whenever I wanted to because everyone came. But yeah. here, it's hard. I mean, we'd have to drive two hours most of the time to Charlotte. So, like, yeah, the Bouncing Souls and Alkaline Trio came to Asheville this year, yeah, but like, hopefully more will come to this. Yeah to this area but yeah or we just moved to the area needed right um <laughs> but yeah for sure i mean mental health i mean you could talk about mental health all day long um but i think we touched on all the most important things um it just made me think of it as i was looking at the wall but going to horror conventions has become my new favorite thing to look forward to and i'm really hoping that we get to go back uh early next year because um that's an experience in itself yeah but you know it's related to horror so anything horror punk is is gonna help keep us happy um no i think we did i I think it was a great conversation um i think it was different than probably most conversations on the topic which is what i you know was looking forward to as a different way to kind of touch on it and tackle it in a different way um but it's been a great episode. Um, had a lot of fun. Um, as always, the baby has joined us because um, he's much more active and he's attached to his mother at the hip. So, you know, uh, five minutes away from him and, and you got to get him or you'll get some screaming. Um, but no, um, mental health is really important. Um, the only other thing I would add for me is despite some of the frustrations that come with going to school, school has been an amazing experience for me and has really kind of put a lot of like healthy pride and, you know, uh, opened up creative doors. Obviously going to school for graphic information technology will kind of, you know, make you think creatively, um, you know, and, 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 you know, evolving, uh, the evolution, I should say, of uh, innovation and different ways to tackle design has been really rewarding. 
Um, and it set a lot of healthy plans in motion too. So I would definitely say that that's been, you know, good. But for those who go to school, college, you get it. There's some very frustrating moments. Um, but anyway, um, we had a lot of fun on this episode. Um, I thought it was a good episode and, and we hope that, uh, we've given you a little bit of insight into what mental health uh, it, you know, why it's important for us, some of the things that we do to help cope with, um, some of the reasons why we're coping, you know, as parents and why we look for, for new ways to, to enjoy each other's company. Cause I think, you know, our relationship is one of the best things that I've had happen to me, uh, for my mental health, you know, and, um, anyway, uh, Got another episode coming in the next few days um, as we figure out when we're going to plan it with the baby. But um, last episode, I probably, for the viewers who, who have listened to it um, as it's catching catching more, uh, the Thanksgiving episode, we talked a little bit about Thanksgiving. The holiday itself isn't, you know, super, super important to us, I guess, compared to maybe other people. But we... You know, as horror fans thought it was awesome that Thanksgiving uh, came out. Um, it was an outstanding slasher. We universally approve it here. Um, but it ended up being a little bit more of a recap and everything, which is perfectly fine. We've done some of those episodes where it, we kind of just give you the content. I, I know I did it with the Dexter episode, you know, just like real full recap reviews and you know, we did get to talk about why we enjoyed it. And I know Brooke got, you know, she was in there, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes of the episode probably, but uh, she was able to give some of her insight. But being as we've given you the recap, or I've given you the recap, however you want to take, you know, look at it, um, we are going to be doing a part two. Because um, we are taking little Nathan to see it. Nathan has been asking about it. He calls it the turkey movie. We are going to see that tomorrow. So we are going to do a part two. Uh, it'll be little Nathan joining us for his first episode of season two. And Brooke will be back. And we're going to be able to focus, because we've given you the recap, we'll be able to talk a little bit more about just the cinematography and the kills and elaborate a little bit on that more, a little bit more on the reveal. Um, for those who haven't listened to that episode I'm not going to spoil it until we do part two. Uh, but if you have listened to the episode and have seen the movie, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we really thought about that reveal, why it worked, um, you know, how we may have felt about it, the fun we had in the guessing game and all that good stuff, and a little bit more about it with Nathan's touch as well because um, he's been asking to get on the season, and I thought it would be a good episode to break him in before we do the Christmas episode later this month, me and him, uh, which Brooke may join us for. We'll see how that goes, but um, got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, you know. Um, and again, you know, the podcast for us is super, super important, especially important to me for, for the mental health and, and something I really am passionate and enjoy doing. So... With that being said, if the passion hasn't spoken through, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been really exciting. I look forward to part two coming up. 
and some of the other exciting episodes as we continue on with season two of the Philly Pat Project. Updates on other things will be available as the season goes on, and I will keep you guys informed. A lot of fun stuff and exciting things coming up. With that being said, I'm Philly Pat. See ya. See ya.